Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. No Joe today, just me, but we got lots to get through. So make sure you give us that thumbs up button if you're watching on Facebook. Make sure you like it. Make sure you share it, comment, all the other places. Make sure you're commenting, commenting, commenting. That's how we can help get above the algorithms and into more people's feeds. Commenting is very important. I don't need to tell the DLive people that you guys comment enough for everyone else combined. But if you're watching on DLive, Twitch, um, Clout Hub, make sure you comment. And Facebook, make sure you comment. Very, very, very important. So we're going to be kind of <laughs> revisiting what we spent most of last week talking about, which is Joe Biden's incompetence. And I mean, I'm having a hard time crafting the right language, getting it all together, because it's not a failure, as I, as we said on the show. It's not a failure when he knew that this was happening, right? You, you don't, you can't just pull out of Afghanistan and say, oh, I, I didn't expect the Taliban to come marching in. doesn't really work like that. So it, it's not really a failure because they knew this would happen, but they did anyway. Is it incompetence? Is it is it foolishness? Is it idiocy? It's lots of different words. Let me know in the comment section what you think the best word to describe Joe Biden, Joe Biden's response to Afghanistan would be. Um, try, I'm, I'm floating around incompetence. Yeah, no Biden vacate shirt today. Um, he is still on vacation, but I ran out of Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> so uh, rather than do the laundry, I'm just not going to wear the Hawaiian shirt today. But maybe we'll bring it back tomorrow. Um, I, I don't have a whole closet of Hawaiian shirts, uh, Kayla. Uh, so unfortunately, I, I can't just do that every day. But hey, you know what? I think I figured out why Joe Biden's on vacation so much. If he doesn't use his vacation days, he'll lose them. It must be that. That's, that must be what it is. So we're going to get into a lot of things today. We're going to play this, these disastrous clips and cuts from Joe Biden over the weekend. His administration, they still don't know how many Americans are trapped in Afghanistan. Still don't know how they're going to get them out. They don't know how many weapons have fallen into the Taliban's hands. And now after Joe Biden claimed that the United States would stay there as long as necessary, now the administration is once again saying they cannot commit to stay after August 31st because the Taliban is threatening to run them out of town if they stay one minute past the August 31st deadline. So this is re it's really a shameful sight for the president of the United States, the administration, to actually be preparing for a contingency where Americans get left behind. That is not hyperbole. That is what they are actively preparing for. They are preparing not to get everyone out. And it's really shameful. It really, really is. So we're going to play a lot of this. And we are running a fax blast today because if, if this isn't enough, I don't know what it is. Joe Biden has to be removed from office. And I, I know what people say, but what about Kamala Harris? First of all, having an equally or more disastrous vice president is not an excuse for an incompetent ignoramus to be left in power. Joe Biden has proven he's unfit to hold the presidency, undeserving of it, I might also add. 
So the fact that he has a more destructive vice president is no excuse for having a dementia patient holding the nuclear football. It's no excuse. He must be removed from office. We cannot survive the next 1,246 days. Yes, I'm still counting. <laughs> and they're not going fast enough. We cannot survive that long. We won't. So no, the only way is removal from office. And if Kamala Harris doesn't resign in shame, then yeah, the, she's impeachable on day one, just from what she did as vice president. But no, having a bad vice president is not an excuse to keep an even worse president. Never an excuse. Never an excuse. And, and, and what, what would it say about the American people, us patriots, that we would operate from that position of fear? Joe Biden has violated his oath of office every day on every issue, right? He is not faithfully executing the laws of the United States at the border. His, uh, his um, rental uh, moratorium, eviction moratorium, unconstitutional, flagrantly unconstitutional. Just the fact that he tried to only give stimulus aid to black farmers and not white farmers is a violation of his oath of office because that is a violation of U.S. law to discriminate on the basis of race. Everything his administration has done is an impeachable offense. When they impeached, wanted to impeach Donald Trump for telling NFL players to stand, yes, what Joe Biden has done throughout his presidency is impeachable. So we are running a fax blast. It is in the description on Facebook. Go ahead, hit the refresh button if you don't see it. I've also put it as a panel on DLive, and I will put it in the comment sections as well. But no, we, we have to remove this man from office. There is no alternative. There is no other choice. He has been weighed on the balances and been found wanting. Joe Biden cannot do the job. He doesn't want to do the job. And the fear we had that he would actually do the job has now been revealed. There are, there are not smarter people pulling the strings. It is actually Joe Biden. And yes, 100% of this falls on him. Well, and actually not completely 100%. A lot of it falls on the people that he's chosen to put around him. So I believe, Mr. Producer, if you go to image number zero, I found this one very interesting. We posted it on Facebook, image zero. Posted this on Facebook earlier today. On the left, you will see Ike Eisenhower. Look how many ribbons he has. He has, what, what what's that, two ribbons? He won World War II. Became a United States president. Look at Millie. Look at Millie. He's gotten a ribbon for everything. I don't think there are ribbons that he hasn't gotten. He's extremely decorated, but he lost a war. That is, this really does embody, I think, the problem with both the Pentagon and this administration. It's participation trophies. What do the, the ribbons matter if, if you lose the war? And, and who the hell are we to be handing out ribbons? I mean, we played that clip. We played that clip from a couple days ago. I'll probably ask Mr. Producer, Mr. Producer, if you can pull it up. I believe I Facebooked it to you a couple days ago of the Afghan military the, the Americans trying to teach the Afghans how to do jumping jacks. It was pathetic. It was absolutely pathetic. And everyone, everyone understood it was pathetic. Everyone knew it was bad. Right? <laughs> we all knew that this was not going to work. Then when, then the, when the Afghan soldiers actually start killing American soldiers, shooting them in the back, because they're not really Afghan soldiers, they're Taliban plants, we knew this wasn't going to go well. But yeah, Mark Milley got all those different medals, all those different ribbons. Doesn't feel like he earned them. And if, and if that, if he did earn them, what does that say about the Pentagon now? That you can earn all of those ribbons, all of those medals, and still be abysmal at your job. What does it say? Doesn't say a lot.
Oh, Mr. Producer deleted all the messages. I will go back and find it. It is, uh, or he can find it uh, if you want to look for it, Mr. Producer. Just Afghan jumping jacks probably would do it. Um, <laughs> see if you can find those as we keep going. Because I'm sure, I'm sure there'll be a, a good moment to use them later on in the show. So first of all, I, I want to get this out of the way. Donald Trump did release a press release today. So since social media won't let him speak, we're going to read it. Um, so go ahead and put up my screen, Mr. Producer. This is Donald Trump's press release from today. I'm going to make it a little bit smaller so people can read it over my shoulder. It says, Biden's biggest mistake was not understanding that the military has to be the last out the door, not the first out the door. Civilians and equipment go first, and then when everyone and everything is out, the military goes. So simple, yet it wasn't done. Tragic. I love how he has the little uh, exclamation points, the superlatives or whatever at the end, just like he's on Twitter. But he's right. He's right. And what kind of world do we live in where Donald Trump is not allowed to post that on any of the major social media networks, but the Taliban is allowed to have an account? What does that say about social media companies? What does that say about American society as a whole, that we're okay with the Taliban spreading propaganda on social media, but the president of the United States, 45th president of the United States, remains banned? Doesn't doesn't really make sense, but we're living in a clown world, so I guess we'll just chalk it up to that. We can take that down, Mr. Producer. So let's get through some of these because it's always the hardest, but let, let's rip the Band-Aid off. Joe Biden gave it, well, a couple of different public events. After hiding for a week, he's decided that he's going to be the, the college freshman who waited until the last minute to write the paper. Now he's going to try and cram it all in at the last moment. Joe Biden hid for a week, avoided all, all of calls for foreign leaders, didn't actually issue any orders. Now he's trying to cram in the leadership as the country of Afghanistan continues to crumble around the United States and our forces there and, and our civilians, not going to work. But let, let's rip the Band-Aid off. Let's play some of these really ridiculous clips. Here's Joe Biden for forgetting on camera when he issued orders to send troops back into Afghanistan. Let's play cut number one. Scott uh, Detrow. Scott. NPR. Thank you, Mr. President. I just want to follow up on something you said a moment ago. You said that there's no, no circumstances where American citizens cannot get to the airport. <laughs> that doesn't really square with the images we're seeing around the airport with the reporting on the ground from our colleagues who are describing chaos and violence. Are you saying unequivocally that any American who wants to get to the airport is getting there and getting past the security barrier and to the planes where they uh, want to go? I thought the question was, how can they get through to the airport outside the airport? And the answer is, to the best of our knowledge, the Taliban checkpoints, they are letting through people showing American passports. Now, that's a different question when they get in the rush and crowd of all the folks just outside the wall near the airport. That's why we had to, I guess, yet was it yesterday, the day before, we went over the wall and brought in how many? 169 Americans. So it is a process to try to figure out how we, how we um, deal with the mad rush of non-Americans, those who didn't help, those who are not on the priority list, just any... Got it. Doesn't know. Doesn't know. Was it yesterday, day before? Doesn't know. All days are blending together. And listen, if he was actually awake during all this time, staying awake through all these cri this crisis then yeah, so sometimes the days can blend together, but we know Joe Biden has a strict nap time. We know he goes to bed 
early. We know that he goes to bed early because the intelligence reportedly confuses him. So he gets confused. He has to go to bed. So it's not that he's not pulling all nighters and forgetting what day of the week it is. He knows what day of the week it is, or maybe he doesn't. He just doesn't remember. He just doesn't remember. Here is so that whole press conference was supposed to be about the hurricane and about COVID. He tried to avoid Afghanistan. But here is Joe Biden forgetting the name of his own FEMA administrator. Let's play cut number two. I can't uh, think of anyone better to lead this operation than than uh, uh, Deanne uh, uh, Criswell of, uh, of FEMA. Um, can't think of anyone better to lead this operation than uh, 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 wow. Wow. And I get it. I'm bad with names a lot of times. I remember faces. Sometimes I get bad with names. But this is the President of the United States referring to the FEMA administrator while a hurricane is barreling towards American shore. He doesn't know her name. He doesn't know her name. Right? This is the guy who referred to uh, <laughs> what Lloyd Austin as, uh, as that general, that general running the outfit over there at the Pentagon. Right, forgetting for he forgets everyone's name. He doesn't. He can't remember. I mean, it, it's so many. There's so many obvious red flags in all of this. In all of this, so many red flags. It's just insane. But no, no, we gotta keep Joe Biden in office because Kamala Harris is just as bad or worse. Now, I don't know if it can get worse than this. I don't know because the Kamala Harris's people, the radicals, are already pulling the strings in all of the different bureaus and departments and agencies, right? Joe Biden is actually making regulatory adjustments. Those are the those are the career leftists who are doing that. Now, I, I don't think it would actually be worse if Kamala Harris was president. But also, as I said earlier, she's impeachable on day one just for her actions as vice president alone. Wayne on Facebook says he forgets his own name. Yeah, he also infamously confused his wife and his sister, thinking that they were different people. Pretty sad. Pretty, pretty sad. So this one, it doesn't make me chuckle, but I'm glad that the press is actually going after Joe Biden a bit. There was a poll that came out by CBS. CBS put out a poll over the weekend, and it showed that the majority of Americans believe that Joe Biden is not competent enough to be president. That That's a stunning, a stunning answer to a poll. And listen, the polls are largely cooked. Rasmussen skews a little bit to the right, but the other ones are obviously skewed left. And they, and if you're a pollster, you can make a poll say whatever you want it to say. You just craft the questions in a certain way. You order the questions in a certain way, right? You lead up. So if, if you want a poll to be negative against the president, the way you would do it as a pollster is you take the question of, do you approve or disapprove of the way the president is handling, is running the country? But before you ask him that, You'd ask them a bunch of other questions. They're kind of loaded questions. It's like, how do you feel about the fact that Joe Biden no longer enforces immigration law at the border and border patrol agents are being overrun, right? You, you, it's a leading question. The, obviously, I know I, I don't like that, right? So you, you hit them with leading question after leading question. Finally, when they get to the approval question, they've already been led to the, to the conclusion that you want. It's very hard. It's very hard. I've been called a couple of times and, and for polls. And one of them, I got a leftist poll that was very leading an anti-Trump poll. And they, they ask you, it's like, what do you think about Donald Trump's 
um, racist Twitter comments. And even me knowing that it's it's insane, like it's not true. I didn't say that I, I don't like them, right? I didn't I didn't say anything. I just didn't answer. But they they presented a way to make you feel ashamed for possibly supporting it, even if it's being mischaracterized completely. And and it, it, they're just trying to lead you to to a final conclusion. But yeah, you can make a poll say point is you can make a poll say whatever you want it to say. So for all of these liberal polls now to show Biden either at 50% approval even or underwater, pretty remarkable. So here we have a clip of a reporter actually bringing that up to Joe Biden about the fact that the majority of the American people now believe he is not competent enough to be president and Joe Biden just dances around it. Let's play cut number three. Because the United States is now negotiating with the Taliban over airport access and such, do you now trust them? And then a question on the public response. A new poll out today shows Americans wanted to withdraw from Afghanistan, but they disapprove of the way you've handled it. poll also found that based in part on what's transpired in the last week, the majority of Americans, forgive me, I'm just the messenger, no longer consider you to be competent, focused, or effective in the job. I haven't seen that poll. It does. Um, um, <laughs> what would you say to those Americans who no longer believe these Look, I had a basic decision to make. I either withdraw America from a 20-year war that, depending on whose analysis you accept, cost us $150 million a day for 20 years or $300 million a day for 20 years who, and I, you know I carry this card to me every day, and who, in fact, uh, where we lost 2,448 Americans dead and 20,722 wounded. Either increase the number of forces we keep, we keep there and keep that going, or I end the war. And I decided to end the war. As I said the other day, you know, the only reason we're in Afghanistan is this is the place from which bin Laden attacked the United States of America. All right, cut it, cut it, cut it. I, I, can't, I can't do the propaganda anymore. I can't do it. Like, you don't just end the war. I mean, he, it's almost like he took it literally. It's like, no, I decided we're out. Everyone out. But sir, but sir, but sir, the military, they're supposed to defend the retreat. Nope, I'm ending the war. Everyone out. Military first. Military first. I mean, I mean, how do you respond to that? It's like, I had a choice. Either I stay in forever or I leave exactly this way. No other choice. There, there are a lot of other choices. But he just laughs. He laughs it off at the new poll showing that he is underwater. If we go ahead and put up my screen, Mr. Producer, this is the real clear politics average of polls. And you can see here that for the first time in his presidency, he dipped underwater. Now, and again, these polls are skewed. They're already cooked for him, right? 54% of the American people never approved of Joe Biden. They never approved of him. They're cooked polls. But even the cooked polls can't hide the truth anymore. Even in a poll deliberately designed to make Biden look good, he is underwater for the first time. And, and yeah, this, they're saying, oh, 0.2% spread. He's underwater. Last two polls, minus seven, minus three. He's underwater. More Americans want him gone than want him there. And again, that line from that CBS poll, majority of Americans believe he is too incompetent to be president. That's, a, that, that's probably the nicest way you could possibly put it. We can go ahead and take down my screen, Mr. Producer.
Here's some more propaganda. Biden's saying that he believes history will see him as being logical and making the right decision. Let's play cut four. In Moscow, are you happy we left? <laughs> they love nothing better for us to continue to be bogged down there, totally occupied with what's going on. So the idea, this is, I think that history is going to record. This was the logical, rational, and right decision to make. So thank you all so very much. No, no, it's it's not logical. There's nothing logical about leaving civilians behind and, and removing the military. There's nothing logical about it. And there never will be anything logical about it. Here's Joe Biden laugh, uh, almost like laughably saying that our allies support us in what we are doing. Let's play cut five. I have seen no question of our credibility from our allies around the world. I've spoken with our NATO allies. We've spoken with NATO allies, the, the Secretary of State. Our national security advisor has been in contact with his counterparts throughout the world and our allies, as has the general, or, or excuse me, I keep calling him a general, but my Secretary of Defense. The fact of the matter is, I have not seen that. As a matter of fact, the exact opposite I've got. The exact opposite thing is we're acting with dispatch. We're acting, committing to what we said we would do. Look, let's put this thing in perspective here. What interest do we have in Afghanistan at this point with al-Qaeda gone? We went to Afghanistan for the express purpose of getting rid of al-Qaeda in Afghanistan, as well as, as well as getting Osama bin Laden. And we did. Imagine, just imagine, if that attack, if bin Laden had decided with al-Qaeda to launch an attack from Yemen, would we ever gone to Afghanistan? Would there ever be any reason we'd be in Afghanistan? Got it. Got it. He's trying to say, he's trying to paint the picture that the way it's happening is the only way it could have possibly happened. And that we either stay there forever or we leave in this exact manner, right? Either we stay there forever or we just have to accept that bodies are going to fall from planes. That's the only way. There's no other way to do it, folks. That's what he's saying. But when he claims that he hasn't heard any, even any bit of, uh, of uh, displeasure from, from allies, it's just not true. It's just not true. So I, I was tempted to break this up, this next clip, but I, I can't do it. So we're going to play it in its entirety. This is a man by the name of Tom Tugendhat. He is a conservative MP in British Parliament and a former soldier giving a blistering speech, largely criticizing Joe Biden. So if Joe Biden says he hasn't heard any displeasure from our allies, go ahead. Let, let's go ahead. Feel free. Share the podcast with him. Share the podcast with him because this is his opportunity to see some of that displeasure. Mr. Producer, let's play uh, the next cut. This is cut number six. Like many veterans, this last week has been one that has seen me struggle through anger and grief and rage. The feeling abandonment of not just a country, but the sacrifice that my friends made. I've been to funerals from Poole to Dunblane. I've watched good men go into the earth, taking with them a part of me and a part of all of us.
And this week has torn open some of those wounds, left them raw, left us all hurting. And I know it's not just soldiers. I know aid workers and diplomats who feel the same. I know journalists who've been the witnesses to our country in its heroic effort to save people from the most horrific fates. I know that we've all been struggling. And if this recall has done one thing, let me tell you now, Mr Speaker, it's achieved one thing already. I've spoken to the Health Secretary, who's already made a commitment to do more for veterans' mental health. This isn't just about us. The mission in Afghanistan wasn't a British mission, it was a NATO mission. It was a recognition that globalisation has changed us all. The phone calls that I am still receiving, the text messages that I've been answering as I've been waiting, putting people in touch with our people in Afghanistan, reminds us that we are connected. We are connected still today. And Afghanistan is not a far country about which we know little. It is part of the main. That connection links us also to our European partners, to our European neighbours, and to our international friends. And so it is with great sadness that I now criticise one of them. Because I was never prouder than when I was decorated by the 82nd Airborne after the capture of Musakala. It was a huge privilege, a huge privilege to be recognised by such an extraordinary unit in combat. To see their Commander-in-Chief call into question the courage of men I fought with, to claim that they ran, it's shameful. Those who have never fought for the colours they fly should be careful about criticising those who have. Because what we've done in these last few days is we've demonstrated that it's not armies that win wars. Armies can get tactical victories and operational victories that can hold a line. They can just about make room for peace, make room for people like us to talk, to compromise, to listen. It's nations that make war. Nations endure, nations mobilize and muster, Nations determine and have patience. And here we've demonstrated, sadly, that we, the West, the United Kingdom, does not. Now, this is a harsh lesson for all of us. And if we're not careful, it could be a very, very difficult lesson for our allies. But it doesn't need to be. We can set out a vision, clearly articulated, for reinvigorating our European NATO partners to make sure that we are not dependent on a single ally, on the decision of a single leader, but that we can work together with Japan and Australia, with France and Germany, with partners large and small, and make sure that we hold the line together. Because we know that patience 
wins. We know it because we have achieved it. We know it because we have delivered it. The Cold War was won with patience. Cyprus is at peace with patience. South Korea, with more than 10 times the number of troops that America had in Afghanistan, is prosperous through patience. So let's stop talking about forever wars. Let's recognize that forever peace is bought, not cheaply, but hard, through determination and the will to endure. And that the tragedy of Afghanistan is that we're swapping that patient achievement for a second fire and a second war. Now we need to turn our attention to those who are in desperate need, supporting the UNHCR, the World Food Programme and so many other organisations who can do so much for people in the region. Yes, supporting refugees, of course I support refugees, though I'm not going to get into the political auction of numbers. We just need to get people out. So I leave with one image. In the year that I was privileged to be the advisor to the Governor of Helmand, we opened girls' schools. And the joy it gave parents to see their little girls going to school was extraordinary, and I didn't understand it until I took my own daughter to school about a year ago. And there was a lot of crying when she first went in, but I got over it, and <laughs> it went okay. And I would love to see that continue. But there is a second image I must leave you with, and it is a harder one. But I'm afraid it is one that I think we must all remember. Move your way. It's only for a minute. It's for a minute. And I wonder if you could say a bit more about that second image. <laughs> I'm very grateful to my friend who was watching the clock more than me. The second image is one that the forever war that has just reignited could lead to. It is the image of a man whose name I never knew, carrying a child who had died hours earlier, carrying this child into our firebase and begging for help. Now, there was nothing we could do. It was over. Because, Mr. Speaker, this is what defeat looks like. It's when you no longer have the choice as to how to help. This doesn't need to be defeat, but at the moment, it damn well feels like it. So, wanted to play that in its entirety. I, I like the UK Parliament. I like that they actually have this, this debate. It's a real debate where people stand and they talk and they get jeers and they get here, here. Um, but they're actually forced to intelligently speak without a teleprompter, without, um, I mean, sometimes they have notes, but they have to actually be intelligent. And when they aren't intelligent, they're found out. It's very hard to be in the UK parliament and be unable to even form a basic sentence. And the interesting part of the UK system is the prime minister actually participates in this. They have prime minister's questions um, and like former prime ministers stay on as uh, oftentimes they stay on as, uh, as members of parliament. So then they get to ask questions to their uh, successor. 
right? I wanted you to see that because, yeah, it, it was it got a little boring towards the end. But I want I want you to juxtapose that obviously articulate man with Joe Biden. I cannot show you the video because ABC refused to air it. But I will read you the transcript. Mr. Producer, go ahead, put up my screen. George Stephanopoulos asked a question very similar to what Tom over in the UK was just talking about. He said, I think a lot of Americans and uh, even a lot of veterans who serve in Afghanistan agree with you on the big strategic picture. They believe we had to get out, but I wonder how you respond to an Army Special Forces officer, Javier McKay. He did seven tours. He was shot twice. He agrees with you. He says we have to cut our losses in Afghanistan. But he adds, I just wish, wish we could have left with honor. That's the question that George Stephanopoulos asked Joe Biden on camera. And I want you to think about that British video, Articulate Answers. And I want you to read what Joe Biden responded with. And I'll read it out loud for everyone on the audio version. Look, that's like asking my deceased son, Bo, who spent six months in Kosovo and a year in Iraq as a Navy captain and then major. I mean, as an Army major. And, you know, I'm sure he had regrets coming out of Afghanistan. I mean, out of Iraq. He had regrets to what's how how it's going. But the idea, what's the alternative? The alternative is why are we staying in Afghanistan? Why are we there? Don't you think that the one you know who's most disappointed in us getting out, Russia and China, they'd love us to continue to have to and then he gets cut off. Listen, I, 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 don't, I don't criticize Joe for having a, a deceased son. A, a, no parent should ever have to bury their child. And that's, it's terrible that that happened to him. But that is a card Joe Biden pulls out whenever he's uncomfortable with the, with the, with the question, because it gives him a sympathetic out. The question was not about his deceased son. It wasn't. He brought that up because how else do you answer that question from that veteran saying, I wish we could have just left with honor. And instead, when he, instead of actually admitting that it was a very dishonorable withdrawal, he brings up Bo. He always has to bring up Bo. Never brings up Hunter, interestingly enough. He brought up Bo. He forgot what service he was in. He was in the Army, not the Navy. And he forgot what country he was in. He started saying he was in Afghanistan when he wasn't. But that didn't air. That didn't air on ABC. <laughs> the, the transcript is bad, right? The video had to be worse. Otherwise, they would have scrubbed it from the transcript. So I wanted to play that video, that British video in its entirety. Um, so that we, you can make, you can see the differences, see the differences, because we are not being led by a man who has a full deck of cards. He's not, and even when he, when he was working with a full deck, he still wasn't the brightest in the room. He had two brain surgeries. Listen, I'm, I'm not making fun of elderly people. I, I, I wish we all wish that we live to a ripe old age where we have a little bit of problem putting sentences together. That's the dream, right? Live a nice long life surrounded by friends and family. But if Joe Biden was anyone else, he would have had the keys taken away a long time ago. And rumor has it that he has had the keys taken away from him. He's no longer allowed to drive his family car. And yet we let this man have the nuclear football. Like, I, I'd be worried about him leaving the oven on and we're giving him the power to nuke the entire globe. No, there, there's a problem there, which is why we're running a fax blast. Enough, enough has to be enough. I know every week, we, every day we say enough is enough. This man has to go. So join the facts box link is in the description and in the comment sections. Or if, if you want to just get the facts blast sent uh, right to your email, 
Sign up for our email newsletter. Link is also in the description. Got to remind everyone that this podcast is brought to you by Air Med Care Network. Air Med Care Network, the premier insurance plan to cover you and your family should any of you ever need to be airlifted to a hospital for medical for a medical procedure. It's not just always people who are out hiking and they get lost or they fall off the side of a mountain. Though Those are the high-profile cases. A lot of people get airlifted from the suburbs and even from cities just because they need to get to a hospital and the traffic wouldn't allow it. Well, that's very expensive, upwards of 60 grand depending on where you live, and that can bankrupt you. It can bankrupt you. You should never have to worry about being bankrupt just because you need to get to a hospital. And that's where Air Med Care Network comes in. For just $85, you'll get coverage for your entire household for one year should any of you never need to be airlifted for a medical emergency. It works out to be less if you're a senior citizen, and it's less per year if you buy three or five years at a time. It's common sense stuff. And Airmed Care Network, they fly over 100,000 patients a year with their providers. So you're going to want to make sure you go to the link in our description, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily. And when you use promo code daily, D-A-I-L-Y, you'll get up to $50 back in the form of an e-gift card. Again, that's airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. So it's very clear that our allies aren't singing Joe Biden's praises. Why he would get on television and say he hasn't heard any displeasure towards the United States, I have no idea. I have no idea how he could actually think that he would get away with saying that. No clue. This is the next part that really, really is just, it's tragically stupid and it's, it's a complete lie. Joe Biden saying it, it would not have been possible to withdraw from Afghanistan without the images of heartbreak that we're seeing. Go ahead, put up cut number eight, Mr. Producer. To other countries that are taking, that are taking them out. Altogether, we lifted approximately 11,000 people out of Kabul in less than 36 hours. It's an incredible operation. Let me be clear. The evacuation of thousands of people from Kabul is going to be hard and painful no matter when it started, when we began. It would have been true if we had started a month ago or a month from now. There is no way to evacuate this many people without pain and loss of heartbreaking images you see on television. It's just a fact. My heart aches for those, things, those people you see. We are proving that we can move those thousands of people a day out of Kabul. This is a lie. So we're going to cut in. I can't believe I'm doing this. We're going to cut to CNN because this is breaking news just from when we started. There is apparently a sniper at the airport. A sniper at the airport. There, Different sides are opening fire. There is gunfire at the airport right now. Let's go ahead to that video I just sent you, Mr. Producer. This is from... Can't believe it. CNN. An unknown sniper opened fire, uh, killing one Afghan National Army soldier. These are predominantly Afghan special forces still working alongside the coalition, at, if you like, as their outer cordon face to face very often with the Taliban. There's no suggestion that this was a Taliban sniper. In all probability, uh, this is suspicion is it could have been uh, the so-called Islamic State. But following that, uh, the Afghans opened fire back on his or her location. And as a consequence of that, there was a friendly fire incident, possibly involving U.S. Marines or uh, Germans, in which four Afghan soldiers were injured. They are currently in the Norwegian hospital here uh, on the airbase uh, in intensive care. 
uh, being treated by a combination of doctors from around the, uh, the coalition. Uh, this all really reflecting just how tense things are, but also the first known attack on the coalition and their allies here at the airport. First of all, kudos to this CNN uh, reporter for making sure he didn't presume the sniper's gender. Kudos for him, because yeah, chances are it's a female sniper. Chances are that the Taliban and ISIS have put aside have put aside the whole women are dogs mantra or women are beneath animals mantra. Put that aside and they've actually given them weapons. Like that's how stupid that is. Oh, they opened fire on the sniper at his or her location. There is no fe- there are no female snipers in the Taliban. There are no female snipers in ISIS. Right? It just it, whatever. But yeah, got to be woke. Got to be woke. But then did you hear what he said? The sniper killed one Afghan military uh Afghan soldier, not with the Taliban but who remain loyal to the now defunct Afghan government. What followed was what the reporter called a friendly fire incident where American and German soldiers then shot four loyal Afghan soldiers. So terrorists snipes one of them, Americans and the Germans kill four more. So Joe Biden is claiming that that those kind of images of heartbreak would have happened no matter what, no matter what. Put up image number one, Mr. Producer, image number one. <laughs> New case says you're assuming the sniper has a gender at all, Max. Yeah, that's entirely possible. Maybe it is um, an amorphous <laughs> kind of individual. That's true. Put up, put back up image number one. This is one of the one of the edges of the Kabul airport. Just so you understand this, that it is quite literally just secured by a roll of razor wire. That's it for this part of the airport. And there was breaking news this morning. The United States military has extended their perimeter to now getting closer to the civilian terminal of the airport, not past the airport. They're just trying to control the whole airport. So that is, that is the, that's the edge of the United States military's security zone in the airport. Go ahead, put up image number two, Mr. Producer. Image number two. This is what the other part of it looks like, where it's quite literally just concrete, Barriers like like Jersey highway barriers with razor wire. American troops standing there and Afghans right next to them. I mean, this is rife for a terrorist attack. Like, I don't want to give anyone ideas. But if you wanted to launch a terrorist attack, you could hit the American troops and you could hit the Afghan allies all at the same time and no one would be able to stop you. But this is the part that's really crazy. Put up image number three. Image number three. This is that image I just showed you with, with the edge of the airport, them expanding their perimeter. You can see the Americans off there in the distance. That person in the foreground, that is ISIS. That is ISIS. Well, not ISIS, sorry. That is, that is Taliban wearing captured U.S. Army equipment. So a captured U.S. Army helmet, um, plate carrier, and uh, I don't know if those are Army fatigues, but those are uh, obviously um, camouflage fatigues. So the, the Taliban has captured U.S. military uniforms, helmets, body armor, equipment, and they are dressed the same as the American soldiers. 
it's not a joke, right? That's that's what's happening. Let's let's skip ahead, Mr. Producer. Image number five. This is a Taliban soldier. He is dressed like you would see, like a, like an army ranger going out on patrol. Right? He has the boonie hat. He has an American uh, camouflage uniform on. An American M4. American plate carrier. He is dressed like an American. So you have a situation where the edge of the airport is nothing but razor wire. And both sides are wearing the same exact uniform, the same exact armor, with the same exact weapons. Only one side is a little bit longer a beard. <laughs> That's pretty much it. So it's a situation, uh, this is rife for chaos, rife for bloodshed. Yeah, I get it. In, in Middle Eastern wars, in, in urban wars, in, in insurgency wars, the other side doesn't always wear a uniform. But this time they are, and it's the same uniforms that our guys are wearing. But no, it had to be this way. Had to be this way. No other way. This is the unit that is up against the airport. It's called the Badri 313. Put up image four, Mr. Producer. The Badri 313. They are not just your goat herders. They are, I mean, we, we showed the video of the, of the Afghan army regulars not even able to do a jumping jack. These Taliban soldiers are not them. They are not up to par with the lead American soldiers, but they have some training, likely trained by Russian and Chinese um, trainers, right? But they know how to clear a room. They know how to clear a street. They know how to look or aim down sight, as opposed to the average Taliban fighter who probably would be firing from the hip. So they are the ones now dressed in American camouflage, American plate carriers, American helmets, Standing on the other side of that razor wire, they're the ones ready to go in should the United States spend one minute past, one minute past the August 31st deadline. And the Taliban's warning, warning us. Go ahead, put up my screen again, Mr. Producer. Taliban warn that there will be, quote, consequences, end quote, if the United States withdrawal is delayed beyond the end of the month. That's what the consequences would be. They would send in the Taliban special forces, which again, unlikely to be routed, uh, unlikely to, to succeed in a true um, squad on squad engagement. But that's not how work, war works, right? It's not a video game. You don't have stats and, oh, our side's better, so our side's guaranteed to win. These guys are kitted up. They have all the weapons that we abandoned. And we have a couple thousand troops. No, it's... It's insanity. Absolute insanity. But now they're threatening to go in. They're threatening to go in if we don't leave first. I guess one of the other images of heartbreak Joe Biden's talking about. Put up image number six. This is a picture of Taliban troops wearing American uniforms with American equipment hoisting a Taliban flag akin to the Iwo Jima, famous Iwo Jima flag photo. Put up image seven. You see what I'm talking about. That is a very famous photo. American troops fighting for the island. Days and days and days, they finally get up to that summit and they struggle to get the flag up, but they get it up. Put up image eight, side by side. That is the propaganda coming out of the Taliban. They are wearing our uniforms. They are they are kitted up with our gear. 
that one guy has an AK, but the other two look like they have M4s. And they are creating propaganda photos. Making fun of us. So those are the kind of images of heartbreak that Joe Biden says would be unavoidable. No matter what, that's going to happen. No matter what, he says, the Taliban are going to be able to put all of their soldiers in our uniform, in our gear, with our weapons, and then stage propaganda photos making fun of us. That was already baked in. Unavoidable, Joe Biden says. Just full of crap. Just full of crap. Put up image nine. Image nine. This is a, a running tally. U.S. weapons seized by the Taliban. $85 billion in funding to the Afghan army. That's somewhere. It's either in cash or in equipment. That's gone. 600,000 weapons, 75,000 vehicles, 200 air, aircraft, and Joe Biden gave it to all of them. Gave it away. And admits that, <laughs> the Pentagon admits they have no plan to get it back. They have no plan to get it back. They have no plan. They don't even know how they would. No, <laughs> when you retreat, you get what you can get out and you destroy the rest. So it can't be used against you. We live in a, a wacko, bizarro world where now, if this goes down, the Taliban will rush into the airport using our weapons, our body armor, our Humvees. God help us if they get the Blackhawks up and running again. Our drones. He gave it away to all of them. He gave it away to all of them. Mr. Producer says, are we going to have to ask real nicely to get it back? Sounds like it. Sounds like it. But it's not just that. It's not just the equipment. Like, we're in a mad rush, not just to save Americans, but also to save the Afghan partners who have been helping us for the better part of two decades. They've dedicated their lives to helping our men as translators, right, as guides. We want to get them out of the country as fast as possible. It's not working out that way. Joe Biden can't get them out of the country. This morning, there was not a single gate to the airport open, with the exception of one that was operated by the British. All of the American gates were closed because it was just too dangerous. These people aren't getting out of the country. So we have an obligation to help them. We do. If you help us, we have the obligation to help you. I think so. I think we have a moral obligation. The first obligation is to save the American citizens. That is first and foremost. But if we have capacity, and we do, we absolutely have to help the people who helped us, who would be the first to be targeted and killed by the Taliban after we are completely gone. Joe Biden's not doing it. He's leaving them out on the edge of the airport if they can even get there. But they have less time now than they did before. Put up image 10, Mr. Producer. We now have news that the Taliban, image number 10, the Taliban has actually seized the biometric system used to identify Afghan translators, Afghan aides. So the biometric system that the United States used, I mean, photos right there, taking a picture of someone's eye, their iris, um, fingerprint data, their name, their age, their, their, their ID picture, the picture of them. The Taliban now has access to that database. The Taliban can go in and they can find every single Afghan who helped the United States with their fingerprint, their, their retina scan, and their photo ID, a copy of their photo ID. How is that not destroyed? And, and this is what boggles me. It boggles my mind. Had to be this way, according to Joe Biden. Couldn't, be po couldn't possibly be better. This is the gold standard of how to leave a country after two decades of war. 
The Taliban has access to the very database they need to eradicate any Afghan aides or allies that we don't get out of the country. Go door to door and just shoot them. Their addresses are on file. Addresses are on file. What else is on file? Clandestine Americans in country? Is that, is, are, are those files on there? Right? Who knows? Who knows? Are American troops on that system? Who knows? Taliban has it. If I had one grenade, one grenade left, and I had to decide how I was going to use it, I'd put all that equipment in a room and I'd put the grenade there. Right? Shoot it, shoot up all the computers. Do something. Do something to make sure that doesn't just get get left behind. But no, this is the gold standard. This is the best that could be done. Like they didn't even I mean, that's what you do. You you fire all of the rounds through the gun so that they're not left for your enemy. Or you blow them up. God knows the U.S. military has blown up enough caches of munitions over the last 20 years in Afghanistan. We know how to do it. We know how to blow up computer systems. It's not hard. Right? If you can, if you can disable a tank, you can disable a computer system. Run it over with the tank. There's a, if there's any time for, to have an active imagination on how to destroy stuff, this is the time. But they didn't do it. They left it behind. So they now have the biometric system. They had the biometric system to go door to door, hunt down the Afghans who helped us. And because we're too incompetent to get them out of the country, they're probably already dead. Or they're on their way there now. That, that's, that's Joe Biden. That's the gold standard. Couldn't have been better. Couldn't have been better. Well, I'm going to take a real quick break before I have a heart attack. <laughs> but when we get back, lots more to get into, including some more clips of incompetency from Joe Biden's administration and a couple more clips from him. Usually we like to get through all of Joe Biden's gaffes in the first hour, but he's going to get he's got to get dragged in the second hour. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on the other side of this quick break. Ronald Reagan famously said that our freedoms are never more than a generation away from extinction. Conservative Daily exists to make sure that never happens. With our community of 700,000 members, we fight every day to hold Congress's feet to the fire and stop them from surrendering our rights and freedoms. The fight to take this country back is not over. Please join our movement right now by going to conservative-daily.com and clicking the subscribe button to sign up for our free call to action newsletters. We have a chance to save this country, but only if we all work together. Again, this is conservative-daily.com, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button at the top. 